at the very least, the Sabres win a game that they definitely couldn't have lost. We'll recap it and look ahead coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the show. Apologize to everybody. Was very sick last weekend to the point where I could not talk for more than five seconds without coughing. Uh, I think we're almost all the way back. I should be able to get through today's show without uh, without an attack here. So back in business and, you know, we avoided some fury and flames, but I still got a little bit of that residing from a couple of losses while away over the past week. But the most recent result for the Sabres is a 3-0 shutout win over the San Jose Sharks here on Martin Luther King Day on Monday afternoon at KeyBank Center. We'll recap it. We'll look ahead at what's to come. We'll take a sail across the Atlantic. There is an, a, another, you know, goal by Sam Reinhart, and the Panthers are hot. There are other things happening right above the Sabres in the standings that are worth looking at as well because they're not dead. They're not out of it. They still are one run away from being right in the thick of things, but they continue to look like a team incapable of putting said run together. So we'll get to that, and I'll have my sneaky stars of the game uh, coming up in the second segment of today's show. Uh, one at least sneaky, the other maybe a little bit more obvious. That's coming up. Join subtext.com slash locked on sabers if you want to become a sortie and jump in on our group chat that we have throughout the games. Uh, one comment that I picked out from the end of this game against the San Jose Sharks after a phenomenal game by Casey Middlestat. Uh, one listener asked, I wonder if we don't start climbing in the standings, should we try to deal Middlestat at the deadline? And I did a show on this a couple of weeks ago, and we'll definitely revisit this topic uh, at some point. But Middlestat seems like an obvious, you just keep it going and you sign him. He leads the team in points with 38 in 44 games. He is on a 71 point pace, but I don't think it's as simple as you just pay him and sign him. Maybe it's kind of up to the player, but Middlestat has some leverage here. He can tell the Sabres after the year that I'm only going to sign a one-year deal with you and you're going to walk me to unrestricted free agency. So he has that right. Other players have taken that uh, approach in the past. To me, it's up to the Sabres. Do they feel, heading into the trade deadline, if they're not in it, that they feel confident that he's going to sign? Because if the answer is no, then yeah, the time is to sell high, max out on his value, because there's definitely no time that Casey Middlestead will ever be worth more than he is right now. But the scary thing about that is... Middlestat's been their most trustworthy forward all year, let alone their most trustworthy center. 
as Tage Thompson's regressed and as Dylan Cousins has super regressed, Middlestad has risen and stepped up. And how confident would the Sabres be just going with Cousins and Thompson as the one, two, not having Middlestad there to ride in? Uh, so that is a topic that we'll definitely cover more so coming up here on the show as we head to the trade deadline. But looking at the last couple of results quickly before we get to Sabres and Sharks. Okay. They lost to Seattle. They beat Ottawa. They lost to Vancouver. So here we are on this homestand that I said going in 12 possible points. You got to get nine. <coughs> you got to get at least nine and eight. Okay. Eight is we're not, you know, firing anybody over eight. So that is still in play. They still can get to eight points. They would have to win though. Their remaining two games, which would be a three game win streak, something they have not done all year. And a lot of fans don't have a lot of faith. I guess that this team could put that together right now. Real quick on the last couple of games. The win against Ottawa, great win. 5-3, to three, you scored a bunch of goals. Tage Thompson had a Tage game for the first time, long time. Uh, two goals on the night was the game's number one star. I just mentioned, can you trust Tage and, and Cousins? Uh, those two, two, three goals and one assist between the two of them in the Ottawa game. They outshot Ottawa in the game. Yeah, they needed a little bit of breaks from a bad goaltender, but they managed to get there against the team that's below them in the standings. You got to win a game like that. Then Vancouver, very frustrating game. Oh, Sabres played well. Again, outshot Vancouver. They had a boatload of chances. This was a fun game, by the way. Even though it was one nothing, tons of chippiness. Darlene gets elbowed in the face, and it didn't get a five-minute major by JT Miller, which to me was unbelievable. Eric Johnson did a good job stepping up for him. Uh, all the Sabres, really. Power. Owen Power. You know what? Credit to Owen Power for jumping in and, and stepping up, standing up for Rasmus Darlene. Here's why. Yes, he's six foot six. We know he's not filled out yet. We know he's still a teenager. And we know that's not his thing. He's not a physical player at all. But he stepped up. Now, the next step is put on some weight, hit the weight room, so that eventually you can actually win a battle like that as a, as a guy that's three inches taller than the guy you're fighting there. But overall, what happened in the Vancouver game? They got goalied. Lukanen was great, 22 of 23 saves. They got goalied. Thatcher Demko. This is why I was obsessed with that. I probably annoyed you last season for how many times I talked about the Sabres acquiring Thatcher Demko. And that was only on rumors that Demko was available. But let me tell you something. There will be hell to pay if I find out that Thatcher Demko was ever available in the Sabres past. I will bring pitchforks to that arena because I loved that idea and that guy is such a good goaltender. He's a Vesna candidate back again this year. Uh, 26 safe shutout against the Sabres. Demko just goalied the Sabres. So that's how they lost that game. Now San Jose. Another bad team and a team that the Sabres should beat 10 times out of 10. They did the job. How did they do the job? I'll get you to my sneaky stars of the game. We'll go through some of the stats. And then we'll take a sail across the Atlantic coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, 
New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And it's not just football, of course. You have hockey. You have basketball going right now. You have soccer going over in England and, and, and Europe. Uh, the app is super easy to use. Live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and plenty more. So visit FanDuel.com. Slash locked on, make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Locked On's launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Check out Locked On Sports today. For your 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with every uh with every league, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Sabres three sharks, nothing. What the Sabres did in this game was they outplayed a bad team, which you know they should do. They outshot San Jose 35 to 28 in this game. Uh If you look at the shot attempts at five on five in this game, 56 for Buffalo, 52 for San Jose. So not too far off scoring chances, 25 for Buffalo, 20 for San Jose. To me, what this game looked like was a game that got moved up in terms of the time, 12 o'clock and the Sharks maybe were running on a little bit of adrenaline because they got in late last night. And a quick turnaround, I don't know, kind of feels like, all right, hot start. You know, they they just woke up maybe, but they're they're all on edge because they don't know when they're going to get there. The Sabres, meanwhile, maybe were preparing for a 1 o'clock game or a later game that gets moved to 12 o'clock. Sabres didn't have their feet to start the game. What, however it happened, whatever narrative you want to attach to it, the Sabres didn't have their legs in the first 20 minutes of the game. And the Sharks did. The Sharks actually, in terms of shot attempts, 20 in the first period, 14 for Buffalo in period one. But after that, Sabres got their legs under them, and they were the better team from period two on. And I thought it showed. Uh, a lot a lot from all different lines. I thought really the only line that didn't play well in my eyes was the Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn, and J.J. Paterka line. I thought they were a little bit rough at five on five on the night. But... Overall, I thought the Krebs line was great. I thought the middle stat line was really good. Um, and I thought the Thompson line was creating chances as well. Don Granato, new line combinations. If you look at, you know, who, who were the most common line mates in this game, you had Casey Middlestat with Jordan Greenway and Eric Robinson. Okay. Uh, you had, uh, excuse me, that's the wrong one. Middlestat with Greenway and Oposo. Thank you. There, uh, that's, that's the correct line. You had... Tage Thompson with Alex Tuck and Zach Benson actually received the most uh, minutes. And there were some mix-ups. You know, at one point, you did have middle stat with Robinson and Greenway. You had a Poso with Krebs and Gergensons. You had Robinson with Krebs and Gergensons. What Granado said about all that juggling was he was exploring different combinations to get what he called a worker on each line. Instead of going two all-skill lines, two work lines, he wanted one worker on each line. And I guess Benson would qualify as the worker for the top line. You had, uh, I guess Greenway would qualify. No, Oposo maybe would qualify that as the, for the middle stat line. Um, you know, what, whatever it happened, he wanted one energy guy, uh, one digger, 
worker on each line. And maybe that's a trend that we see from Don Granado coming up. So, you know, there was a lot of jumbling going on. In fact, if you look at it, the Sabres used 11 different line combinations in this game. 11 different line combinations. Really, it was more like 10. Middlestad, Benson, Greenway only played 10 seconds together uh, on one shift. But 10 real line combination changes uh, is, is a lot from Don Granado. My s- sneaky stars of this game, let's look at it. So one of them, not sneaky at all. Very obvious uh, who the number one star of this game was, the most important player, Uka Pekalukkanen, absolutely deserved uh, absolutely deserved his shutout on the night. He made a bunch of great saves, tracking pucks. I thought tracking pucks, he was unbelievable. The Sharks uh, with William Eklund on one of, on a power play in the second period. Eklund skates to the middle. The puck is in the air, and he bats it out of the out of the air and got a lot on it, like a baseball swing. And Lukanen moving side to side, tracks this puck in the air and then tracks the shot and makes the save, pounces on the rebound with no opportunity lost. And right then and there, you knew that this guy was locked in for the night. He made a great save pretty soon after where he missed on a poke check, toe dragged by the shark forward to the backhand, and Lukanen got to the side. Uh, He was moving really well. I thought tracking, though, was his number one trait in this game. Absolutely deserved the 28-save shutout. And I had a lot of comments from a bunch of listeners, a bunch of sorties on our uh, text line that said, Lukanen's got to play again on Wednesday night. And I'm I'm here for that. I'm here for that. That would be another start for Lukanen. In fact, that would make uh, four straight starts and five of the last six if they go back to him against Wednesday. But, hey, you play the hot hand, and this guy's allowed one goal in his last six, 60 minutes of action. So I would go back to Lukanen on Wednesday, too. He was definitely the number one star. Easy number two, Casey Middlestat, three-point night, extends his lead uh, for the team. He's the team leader in points, 38 now on the year in 44 games, a goal and two assists for Middlestat. The goal was a little lucky because the puck kind of dribbled through Cabo Kakinen, the goaltender, but it was a nice play by Middlestad to get to his spot in the first place. You know, it's a drop pass from Akposo, and he charges the net. Middlestad takes up that space, and he goes toe-drag to the middle of the feet of the defenseman, and that's how he gets the shot through. It had pace. It was just a little bit low. So a good job by Middlestad um, for sure, and he did have to get a little bit of luck. And then the two assists, one, of course, is an empty netter, but the other one was a nice pass. Dalene to me, is going to get the third sneaky star of the game, uh, the sneakiest of them, because it wasn't like a Dalene game. He didn't have these highlight reel plays, but he did have an assist on the night, and highest among all Sabre defensemen is 79.5% expected goals for percentage. When Rasmus Dalene was on the ice, the Sabres shot attempts, 23 for them, 12 for the Sharks. So almost almost doubled them up. Scoring chances while Dalene was on the ice. 12 for Buffalo, 3 for San Jose. When he was out there, San Jose just didn't have the puck. And he was controlling the play throughout, and I thought played really well. Uh, a little bit of a bounce-back game for him. He made that comment the other night about being hesitant to jump into rushes. He wasn't doing a lot of that, and I hope that this will instill some confidence in him to get back into jumping in the rushes. Because if Darlene's not doing that, if he's not playing aggressive, if he's not playing offensive, you're taking away a huge part of his value. 
So I'm going UPL, Middlestat, and Dahlin for my sneaky stars of the game as the Sabres beat the San Jose Sharks by a 3 to nothing score. All right. Time out here. When we come back, we will take a little bit of a look. We'll take a sail across the Atlantic Division, um, which definitely is getting a little bit more difficult to see the Sabres carving out a spot. And one former Sabre that is just on fire. Plus, outside the Atlantic, another former Sabre that, you know, we'll just give you a quick injury update. It might not be too good for one important former Sabre uh, on his team. That's all coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We are presented by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about where you're buying tickets to your next big event. It could be hockey, football, bandits, lacrosse, music, comedy, theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts, which is crazy. It's the best place to find last minute tickets, zone deals. So zone deals, you pick the section and Game time picks the seats for big time savings. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Final segment here in the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Okay, sail across the Atlantic Division. Let's look at what's happening around the Sabres. That's another win. So, all right, they're playing decently well. Six wins in their last 10. They're they're keeping pace. But that's not going to do it. They got to make up ground. They can't just keep pace, or else they'll never, uh, they'll never even get close to making the playoffs. Obviously, so what we are looking at right now is seven points between the Sabers and the Lightning, who currently occupy that final wild card position. Also, seven points between the Sabers and the Red Wings, who have the first wild card position. So, two Atlantic teams in the two wild card spots. Both have won a couple recently. Detroit winning in overtime last night. Tampa now is on a three-game winning streak. They're starting to find their form after some big struggles middle of the year. So you got the top three. And guess what? I just do, as much as Toronto is struggling, Toronto's lost six of their last 10. They've lost back-to-back games. They are not as good as they normally are, this Toronto team. Like, they've got warts. I still think they have too much talent to fall out. So Boston is number one. The Panthers finally lost today. They had a nine-game winning streak going. They are cruising. Boston, Florida, Toronto. Less confident with Toronto, but still. I think those teams are locked in. So, what you then have are a bunch of teams, including some Metro teams, fighting for two wildcard spots. How do the Sabres stack up against the Red Wings and how do they stack up against the Lightning? I still think the Red Wings are a little bit fraudulent and can fall down at any point in time. So that spot I do think is available. Tampa 
I also think is available, but I'm less sure about that because the way they've looked recently, they look like their old selves. I don't know that they can make that last though. That's, that's where my doubt comes in because of their age, because of their lack of depth that they have compared to past seasons. I think Tampa's spot could be available as well. We all know though. That's not the whole picture. There are right now five teams between the Sabres and those two teams in spots, and they got to jump over them. They are currently four points behind Washington, five points behind New Jersey, six points behind the Islanders and the Penguins. They got to leapfrog over all four of those Metro teams and then get one of their uh, Atlantic rivals. Then they find their way into a playoff spot. So they're going to need a win streak, and they're going to need a bunch of these teams to fall behind. But the good news is, why have their Sabres only seven points out, despite the fact they don't have a single win streak on the year, despite the fact that they're on pace for like 80 points? Seven points. I mean, seven points is a lot, but why isn't it like 15? Because there have been a lot of years where it has been at this point in the year. The conference is down. It was down last year, and it's down again this year. And Detroit, Tampa, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, the Devils falling down out of nowhere. All of these teams have allowed the Sabres to be one win streak away from being back in it. And at some point, though, that luck's going to run out. Somebody out of this six-team group, somebody's going to go on a run. I don't know who it is. I think I would guess it's going to be New Jersey, if you ask me. But somebody's going to go on a run. And really, if two teams go on a run, then you're dead. Uh, you got to hope that two teams don't. So time's running out. But the way it looks right now, the Lightning and the Red Wings. They're, they've won a couple of games recently. They're, they're keeping the Sabres at bay at this point in time. Uh, the good news is the Islanders, the Capitals, they're falling down. And the four-point gap on Washington and the six-point gap that the Sabres have on the Islanders, those were a lot bigger uh, in recent weeks. So that is starting to uh, come down uh, a little bit. Now, one individual player to update you on in the Atlantic Division. Former Sabres Sam Reinhart. Seven-game goal streak. Scores again on Monday. He has he has 32 goals on the year. 32. He is one behind Austin Matthews for the league lead. He is squarely in the Rocket Richard race. And Sam Reinhart winning the Rocket Richard would be wild. He was never really known as a goal scorer, right? Like even in his best days with the Sabres and even in Florida. You know, he's a good goal scorer. But he's a smart player, and that makes him an elite playmaker at times. When he's at its best, I think you think of him as a playmaker. Maybe maybe I'm wrong in that. He's still a well-rounded offensive player. Uh, net front, shot, pass, you know, smarts. But this year, it's just, it, it's, listen, it's unsustainable. We know he's not, he might get 50 goals this year. In fact, he probably is going to get 50 goals this year. And by the way, what's funny? Sabres play the Panthers in the second to last game of the year. That'd be too funny if Sam Reinhardt scores his 50th goal against his former team. But anyways, we know this isn't him. He's at a 27% shot percentage. His career average is 15. So we know it's going to come down at some point. We know this is unsustainable. But it is absolutely a career season. He's two off his career high. He's already six goals above his high with the Buffalo Sabres. It is, it's, you know, guys have seasons like this. Jonathan Chichu for the Sharks scored 50 goals once. Uh, uh, Chris Kreider a couple years ago. Someone who's been more of like a high 20 goal guy scored 50 goals for the Sabres. I hope Tage Thompson isn't a guy like that. But Thompson right now looks like that as well. 47 last year. Reinhardt's having that year. And it's in his contract year, so he's going to get paid big time. So that's one former Sabre to update you on. Another, on a completely opposite note, 
Jack Eichel is injured in Vegas. Now I know we don't do the, the we don't do the hate Jack Eichel reports anymore. We had a lot of fun for a year and a half there of uh, looking at the despair of the Golden Knights when they missed the playoffs and Eichel wasn't playing well. He won the cup. He wins forever. You can't make fun of him anymore. But and this isn't making fun of him. Eichel is injured. We don't know if it's a neck injury. But here's what Elliot Friedman said on 32 Thoughts that makes me think it could be neck. Quote, people are nervous. I guess that's the best way to put it. I don't like to overstate anything. I don't know. But I think nervous is the right word until you know for sure that this isn't a bad thing. People are nervous. That was Elliot Friedman on Jack Eichel's injury. He was placed on IR yesterday without anybody knowing like what the injury was. In fact, I still think to this moment, nobody knows. So worth keeping an eye on it because he had that neck surgery that had never been done before on an NHL player. Uh, Other NHL players have had that surgery since. So it's not like it's new and innovative anymore. Uh, Multiple players have had it, but it is worth, you know, talking about when it comes to, um, you know, him being injured. If it's the neck, could that derail his career? We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't jump, to, obviously, as Friedman says. I'm not jumping to that conclusion yet, but it's something to keep an eye on uh, if you're still interested in uh, these former Sabres. All right, that's going to do it for us today here in the Locked On Sabres podcast. Next up for the Sabres, Wednesday night, 7.30 TNT game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Another game that is a must-win. Connor Bedard. Uh, actually, before I say this, is he back from injury? I don't actually know. He is no, no, never mind. He is, yeah, he's been out six to eight week injury. Uh, so never mind. I was about glad I checked. I was about to say Bedard's first trip to Buffalo. Uh, broken jaw. He will absolutely not uh, play for the, against the Sabers on Wednesday night. But anyways, we'll preview the game. We'll look at the Chicago's lineup, a team the Sabers should beat, and here's to hoping they can get this win streak rolling. Thanks everybody for listening here on the Locked On Sabers podcast, making us your first listen every day. Now go make your next listen, Locked On Sports Today, here for your twenty four seven, covering the top stories of every league. NFL playoffs going on right now. Don't miss it. Is Mike McCarthy going to get fired in Dallas? Among many things they're going to get to. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We'll talk to you tomorrow here in the Lockdown Savers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.